Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Hello, good morning. Happy Wednesday. Good morning. There you are. Hey, good morning, everybody. Um, Welcome. We're glad that you could make it and uh, this beautiful Wednesday. Jim and I are in different places. Right. I'm uh, home in Utah and not in the studio this morning due to technical problems, which, by the way, Michelle, I think it's time for us to to uh, put the word out. Help wanted. We need a technical person on our team now. (laughs) Well, someone that's like lives in the same house or is by the uh, like a neighbor. Yeah. Um, so they can come over and make sure that all of the hardware is working properly. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so Jim's up in my office and I'm at my brother's house in Twin Falls, Idaho, um, dog sitting while he is, uh, out of the country for a little bit. So, so happy white hat Wednesday. Yeah, we've got a, uh, an interesting topic for today. Just a couple quick updates before we dive into that. Just, uh, remind everybody that the, uh, the Mid-Atlantic region has their uh, conference starting in Atlantic City um, on Sunday, I believe it kicks off. And then uh, so if you haven't got your tickets or haven't uh, made arrangements, you're going to want to hustle over there for that. And then, uh, of course, we have the LHPH Summit coming up October 12th through the 14th. And you and I will be there broadcasting live on Friday. So looking forward to that. We'll be able to uh, bring all the speakers to uh, the audience and uh, and have a chance to chat with some of them live from that uh, venue on that Friday. It'll be kind of a, a different thing that we're going to be doing. Um, we're there in the capacity of um, Buy Her, Pay Her Nation television, and they've asked us to come and represent for their event. So we're looking <laughs> forward to that. It'll be an awful lot of fun. Um, and so and then, are you ready to talk I'm- about stuff, Jim? Well, we just quickly, um, we also need to mention that Friday we're doing uh, Friday Night Lights. Oh, and yeah. so uh, we'll make sure that uh, we're going to kind of do a tie in to uh, to football and buy here, pay yeah. here. So you'll have to tune in and see if uh, if you can make connections with us. Oh, we got we got a rowdy dog in the background. <laughs> Stealing the show. He saw he saw a walker and he's not. Yeah. So. Um, all righty. So, Jim, do you want to uh, um, actually let's bring in our guests and see sure. uh, who we, we all have I know I'm really excited about this lineup it's uh, it's a, a group of really fantastic dealers that we know really take their customers best interest at heart so do you want to go ahead and introduce them all sure so we got uh, Russell Moore on my screen if it looks the way it does for you as the viewer over there on the top right you have Russell Moore in Conroe Texas and then you've got uh, Candace Price in Omaha, Nebraska. And then uh, got Tyler Simmons from West Texas, Abilene. Good morning. Home of uh, rattlesnakes and barbecue, right, Tyler? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's no, all good stuff. So we're glad to have you all here. And I uh, I did, I don't know that I'll be able to play it, Michelle, but I, I did uh, locate the, the, the subject matter that kind of kicked this off back in August. We had Candace Price on the show for the second time, and um, she used a phrase that I had not heard, and that's kind of what prompted the conversation today. We've all heard in Buy Here, Pay Here, and in the credit world, this idea of financial literacy, or we might say financial illiteracy, you know, in our in our segment. We meet uh, far too many customers who just don't really understand uh, how to manage their money and financial matters, and so that's part of, unfortunately, what lands them in a in a tough credit spot often. But when Candace was on the show before, she mentioned this concept of the, the knowledge gap. I remember Candace that in that broadcast, you talked about that, you know, we're all familiar with the wealth gap that is just a real thing in this country. There is a big gap in wealth, but you, you really kind of zeroed in on the, the, uh, the knowledge gap. And so I might just ask you first to kind of speak to that a little bit more as it, as it relates to our conversation today, like, you know, What's your what's your basis for kind of using that phrasing? Sure. And good morning. Thank you both for having me back on your show this morning. And Russell and Tyler, so great to meet you and be a part of the show with you guys. So the knowledge gap 
um, to me is a way where we can make it more personal. We hear the wealth gap, but it seems impossible to correct as an individual. But knowledge is something everyone has that we can share. The problem when we talk about the wealth gap is everyone isn't wealthy. So if you're a person that doesn't deem yourself as wealthy, then you're thinking, well, there's nothing I can do about this situation. It's impossible for me to help or to decrease, decrease the wealth gap. And I had nothing to do with it to begin with, right? And maybe a lot of people's thoughts. On the other end, it seems impossible for you to gain because you're looking at your personal situation, your personal financial situation, and you're thinking there's no way I'm gonna get to wealth in my lifetime. Possibly that's your thoughts, hopefully not. But when you think about knowledge, everybody knows something that they can share. And when we can begin to share those pieces of the pie, that's how we can begin to decrease the wealth gap. If we're sharing financial information, that is common in many households at the dinner table. But what if you're at a household that we don't have dinner together or there's not even a dinner table to discuss these items or my parents never learned it. So how can I be taught it? We right. don't sit around and discuss it. You know, for my grandparents, they never owned a home. They may not have ever had a vehicle. So where would I have learned it from? This is something that we can each do to participate. And I actually pulled something up to just read a little bit as it talks about the knowledge gap. And so they look at it as if, if we treat knowledge as any other commodity that's not distributed equally throughout society, then that means the people at the top of the ladder have easier access to it than of course the people at the bottom of the ladder. Um, there was one more part in this that I wanted to mention. Um, it pretty much just says as a result of the knowledge gap, it will continue to widen and people of higher economic class gain the benefits from it more, which is equal to wealth. And so that's just kind of where we can probably kick the conversation off and discuss how we as auto dealers and independent dealers, you know, predominantly can do something about it because in many communities and primarily for the communities that we serve in the buy here, pay here world, we can do something simply because we can talk with people more. Of course, we'll talk about that a little bit more, but what is it we can do to slow down and make sure that we're teaching within our dealerships? make sure that we're not taking advantage because we assume someone knows some language or what it means. Um, I wore a particular shirt today. It says assets over liabilities. And that's from Earn Your Leisure. If you haven't heard of the EYL podcast, I happened to be able to attend their Invest Fest um, in August that was in Atlanta. Over 22,000 Black people showed up for this event to learn, to have fun together, and to make sure that we have the knowledge so that we can share the knowledge. So EYL is a great podcast and they are personally taking up on themselves to do something to decrease the knowledge gap, to decrease the wealth gap. Amazing. So Russell, you've uh, been at this business a good while. You've met a lot of uh, folks out there who, you know, struggle with the, uh, this knowledge gap that we're talking about. Like what, what's your perspective on that? What, what kind of contributes to that? Well, the first thing uh, that comes to mind is, is it situational or is it generational? So I, I see a lot of that. So how many of you guys out there have third generation buyers coming into your lot? Um, we see that a lot here. Uh, this my location I bought and it's been here for 40 years. So I'm seeing a lot of return customers come in here. When I first started, I was like, okay, well, I'm, I've got to do something to try to help my customers. I gave away Steve Ramsey's book to some of my customers, right? So I'm trying to help them use the snowball effect, use something to help you get yourself in a better spot. So you do not have to buy from me in a buy here, pay here manner. You have to, I'd love to sell you a car and, and I'd love for you to pay it off. Right. I mean, so let's, let's look at it from that angle and see how we can help the, our customers. They need help. There's no doubt they're $400 away from being, in a repo status right yeah. at any given time that is is where they are at so what can we do as owners as managers as dealers to help our customers well you know first off we try to put them in the right car we don't try to overburden them with the payments right so we we look at that and, and, and my wife said that a lot you know make sure you know, should we have to be charging 20% interest? No, we shouldn't, but that's the only way that this model works is yeah. high interest rates. That's the only way it works. So when you do that, you can go back and make sure that the payments work with their look. I use Neo. So payment income is really big for me. So that, you know, 
just keep it under 25 and normally you'll be okay. If closer to 20 is going to be even better. The higher that gets, the worse your customers are going to do. We also have a, uh, at time of closing, we try to give them, we've got a list of 10 things that expectations. Here's our expectations of how you can succeed. How to succeed is what I call that form. So I've got 10 items that I think that I have found over the years that will help those customers, our customers to succeed. And if they will do those 10 items, they will succeed. Yeah, that's amazing. So, so uh, Tyler, before I bring you in, I want to read something I found on uh, annuity.org. And obviously they're kind of in the financial planning arena. And uh, this study, I believe, was from 2022. But they say 75% of teens report learning about personal finance from their parents and 52% from school, 42% from social media. So I'll recap those numbers again. 75 say, 75% say they get it from their parents, 52% from school and 42% from social media. So Tyler, I know you see it a lot too as a sales manager and working leads and seeing dialogue with customers. Like what's your perception of, of um, you know, what contributes to this, this situation? Well, it ties into what you just said, 75% learn from their parents. Um, I believe a lot of our customers are a product of their environment. Um, that's something that Canis obviously works very strongly and, and heavily with to, um, to try to make that change. Um, you know, and, and, you know, race aside, it's, uh, it can happen to anybody, any customers. And like the Experian uh, stat, stat that you shared earlier in the comments, um, younger generation having a lower credit score. Um, well, it, it takes a lot to build up to having good credit. It takes, a, it takes time, it takes effort. Um, it takes a snap of a finger to go backwards yeah. and, and, and to, to hinder yourself. Um, so whenever we have customers coming in that uh, something that I do, you know, I, I have, I don't have the, uh, the responsibilities like Russell and Candace, you know, I'm not the dealer principal. I, uh, I get to focus on the customers as, as they walk in the door and, and that are contacting us on a daily. So, you know, if I sit down in front of a customer and um, I'm telling them what their interest rates going to be and I tell them what their payments going to be and, and they say, Oh no, you know, my, my aunt's nephew has a car that's they're They're only paying three fifty a month and they're financed, you know, through the bank. Well, I understand that, but, let me show you something. I'll turn my screen around and I'll show them, you know, either they have bad credit because of the choices that they made or, or you know, situations they found themselves in, or they just don't have any at all. They're just starting out. And I'll show them, you only have three trade lines. Here's what you need to do to better your position. So that three years from now, two years from now, um, you can take this car, go trade it. You go trade it at the Toyota dealership or the, the Honda dealership if you want to. Um, and, and strive for that better interest rate. But on the flip side of that, you also have customers, and I, I see this often, they are $47 or $105 away from having zero delinquent items on their credit report. Hmm. And, you know, we get a lot of customers that first go shop at the franchise stores. You know, that's what they their ambitions are. Um, but it doesn't work out and they'll come and sit down in our dealership and, and I'll ask them, did, you know, did they tell you why did they show you your credit report? Did they, did they tell you what your score was? No, no. They just told me I needed a cosigner. That's, that's doing nothing to educate this customer on what they should be doing. Um, so I've, I've actually one situation, a, a customer had there were probably six or seven trade lines on their credit report. Only one of them was delinquent and it was a, a utility bill and it was $47. That was what they were delinquent, was $47. Um, and I showed them that. <clears throat> They're like, oh, yeah, that was that was that apartment I had a few years ago. Um, and I tell them, you need to call. You need to call and pay that. Find out how to call. You know, Google this company. Find out who they are. You know, get a customer service phone number. Call and get that paid because that's going to do wonders for your credit uh, months and months from now. As, it, as you no longer have any delinquent line items on your credit report. Um, but whether we, you know, we don't, we don't go to the extent that, uh, that Candace does with the, the different programs and, and organizations 
Um, honestly, I'm not even sure if our area has much of that here in Abilene. Um, we do a lot with homeless populations and things like that for high school students and, and down to grade level, uh, you know, students with our local districts. But um, it can be as simple as just having a conversation with the customer whenever they're sitting in your office and sure. explaining to them why they're in their situ this situation or or get an understanding from them why they're in this situation and, and how they can get out of it. Yeah. So go ahead, Michelle. I, I really appreciate um, Tyler. What you know, having the conversation and say, okay, so here's why. And so, you know, let's take a look at this. I mean, obviously in our industry, we're not super credit report heavy. Um, yeah. As in, you know, that really doesn't have an awful lot to do with underwriting, but to be able to show them, um, you know, this is, this is one of the reasons why. And so these couple of things might be able to really help you for next time around or whatever. I love that. And I love, you know, Candace kind of does that, that same type of thing with her customers um, to get them, you know, their big thing is to help them become eligible to buy a house, which to me, I mean, that's like, when you talk about the wealth gap, that's like, you know, you've just, you've just shifted their entire paradigm when they can be in their own home and own their own home. It's like, it's an absolute possibility. I'm just wondering, you know, um, is is in this industry with with um, with the customers that we have, and you know, we're this is White Hat Wednesday. White Hat Wednesday is about how do we, as dealers, a White Hat dealer is a dealer that wants to see their their desire is to see the customer through to the end of the of the note or trading. Um, or trading up, trading the, the vehicle. And so it's about success. And so I, um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about, you, you mentioned one, Tyler, about how do we help foster their success? I mean, what, what are things that we are doing to, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's a, the first step towards success is knowledge, obviously, and, and that we're helping them to see, you know, this is the why. But um, is there anything that we're doing right now to be able to help them besides just that to be able to succeed in their in their uh, their journey with us through this contract? So who Janice? Go ahead. So I think first of all, I just want to say thank you to Russell and Tyler. This can be a very tough conversation. You know, for some, it can be an uncomfortable conversation. So to be willing to be transparent about this is what we are doing or this is what we could do more of. You know, we do that. And I just think as we have these conversations more, it makes it better for everyone involved. One thing we have to keep in mind is for probably the majority of the individuals that we each sell to, their vehicle is their most expensive purchase in their life because they're not homeowners when they're in bike or pay here. Typically, there's, of course, outliers in other situations, but the majority. And so how do we get them, as Michelle said, from not only purchasing a vehicle, but to home ownership? So of course, one thing we can do is to figure out a way for our dealerships to be able to report to the credit bureaus their payments. In the buy here, pay here lane, traditionally, the only thing that's reported is when they fail. Even if it's a voluntary repo where they're saying, I can no longer control it, I can't afford it, here's your vehicle back, we still report that. And that still affects it negatively for many, many years to come, and then it's a vicious cycle. So now they need to get to a dealership that's a lesser dealership than ours, which we all know they exist where they really don't care about the customer or the customer's success. One of the things that we were told, I believe I may have mentioned on the show before, when Ron and I, that's my business partner, Ron Devers, when we first went into business, we sat down with a few dealers in the area. We were very thankful for it, um, except that some shared some things with us that we just didn't think were appropriate. And so um, we had one dealer in particular that's in our region share with us that their worst day in business is when a customer pays off a car. Yeah. And that they look to sell the same vehicle six times. Yeah. And they have been in business a very long time. You know, they've been in business for decades. And so, you know, at the time it was like, well, who are we to attempt to correct that? We haven't even really started. However, sometimes having the courage, you know, to be able to speak up, even to those who are much more well-versed, you know, in the industry that you're in is part of the start. You know, we can each have an impact somewhere. 
Tyler mentioned education. It's the biggest part. And Tyler, the fact that you sit down and share with them and actually go over their report and you don't simply give them a blanket no or a blanket, you need a co-signer. Why do I need a co-signer? What does that even mean? What is a co-signer? What are their responsibilities? When the co-signer comes in, are we talking to them about really what that means? Or are they now going to be put into that hole because they didn't really realize what was going to happen, that they weren't going to be notified potentially when that person went late? They may not be notified until that car is picked up. Do they really know what's going on? And then, Russell, you mentioned a few things also about, um, as I mentioned, paying off the car. I think that's amazing that that's important for you as a dealer, but that's not you losing a customer. That's you actually gaining a customer for life. When you do the right thing, now you've earned their business. They will shout to the mountaintops about you when you have done right and help them get to another place. You've earned their coworkers business, their children, their family, their friends, their neighbors, whomever they can tell that mentions I need a car. They're going to send them to you, whether it's a vehicle that you can help serve or not. And I think that's part of it and realizing that we don't there's not a scarcity in customers in our industry from what we can tell and buy here, pay here. You know, and so as we continue to grow and do better, then we can also improve our inventory and maybe we're not looking at just buy here, pay here. I know that's um, not the greatest thing in the world to say to all buy here, pay here dealers, but we are a hybrid store for that reason. We have a lot of customers that do not have any difficulty in finances. They are quite wealthy people, um, primarily just because of where we live. And in Nebraska, there's more millionaires per capita than any other state in America. Hmm. However, in the specific corner of Nebraska I live in, there is vast poverty. It's about a 15% unemployment rate Though for our state, it's lower than anywhere else. I believe it's somewhere around 2.8%. So you, it all also depends on where you're located. And then when you talked about, Russell, not overburdening the customer. So some of that's going to be on us. How are we buying our vehicles? Have we over leveraged ourselves? And so now we're inadvertently taking advantage of others. Have we gotten into the wrong floor plan? And so now when a new driver, a first time driver comes in, I'm trying to shove them into a $30,000 vehicle just because it's been on a lot too long. Instead of getting them into something more reasonable, that may be a $9,000 car that they have time to learn in, get a few dings and dents as we know occurs, you know, and build and learn over time and something they can actually pay off and be responsible for. Um, and I just kind of think those are some of the places to start. Yeah, I, and I want to be, I think we certainly could uh, dig into business models and business strategy and kind of um, end up here all, all day. But I think um, for uh, to give Tyler and, and, um, and of course, Russell, a chance to uh, speak to the things. So, Tyler, some thoughts from you on how we go about solving some of this, making solutions available for consumers? Uh, to me, that starts with the underwriting for the dealership. Um, I mean, you can you can go into compliance. You can go into all other things that, that the FTC and the CFPB see as, as uh, unfair practices. Uh, but really, if, if your underwriting is geared to, to, you know, let's make the dealership successful, and let's make our customers successful, um, then you're going to stay out of those crosshairs nine times out of 10. And, you know, whenever it comes to like Russell talking about paying off, um, you know, whenever a customer pays off a car and they're talking to a family member, friend, or a coworker, they're not talking about the payment. They're not talking about what it was or how affordable it was or, or how long it took them to pay. No, what they're talking about is, hey, I paid off this car from Abilene used car sales and it's still running this car, right. you know, I'm still driving it. it. It lasted the loan. Now it's mine. Um, so whenever you have customers that can make those kind of have those conversations and make those comments to their friends and family members, that's not only showing uh, what type of dealership that you are, you're not aiming to repossess and resell uh, like the bad rap that we have. Uh, you're aiming to, Here's your title. I, you know, I had a conversation with a guy yesterday. He picked up his title, and um, he was like, "So, what do I do with this?" <laughs> Tied into his vehicle, and I said, "It's yours." And I said, "I opened up the envelope, and I said, here's what you need to do. You know, this is yours now. You you paid for it. Uh, what you need to do is the lien's released on it. You need to take it down to the DMV, submit it, so that they send state of Texas to send you a new title with no lien on it. This right. is yours. You you know." There's no a conversation to have. I mean, yeah. seriously, where it's like, what? And it's like, yeah, no one can take this away from you. This is yours. Yeah. So you it's, uh, I mean, there's all kinds of aspects of, of this that you can go into. Um, but the knowledge, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. 
10 years ago in 2013. Uh, I don't even want to do the math of how old I was. I don't really remember. I think I was 25. Uh, yeah, would have been something like that. Um, I didn't know. I owned one vehicle in my life. I bought it whenever I joined the military and it was set up on an allotment through the credit union. So the bank got it before I even received it in my paycheck. And uh, I started in this business as a salesman and I, I didn't know the difference between a lease and a loan. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, you know, coming out of the military, the, the, you know, the knowledge gap isn't just have to do with, uh, you know, uh, wealth or, or no wealth. It can, it can really span a large range of people. Sure. So Russell, um, we heard you talk about the 10, 10 things on your list that you provide to your consumers, but I'm wondering if we take it outside Conroe, Texas, and we look at it kind of nationally. I mean, what are some things that you think that could be done to help address some of this gap? I think we've got to do our job starting with what Tyler said, underwriting. So once you start with that part of it, then you got to look at your dealership wherever you're at and say, what am I doing to help this customer? It, underwriting is number one. So what other processes have I put in my dealership to help that customer succeed? Have yeah. I done warranties? Have I done service contracts? Have I done all that stuff? And yeah, that adds to their payment, but what else does it do? It fixes their car when they don't have the money to fix it. So that gets them further down the road for you. So I, I always say, find reasons to say yes. Yeah. You know, and so whenever you have all these other ancillary products that you can put on the loans, and it seems like we're trying to nickel and dime our customers. That's not the point. Right. I try to put it on every customer so I can spread that money around. So when Joe customer comes in and says, man, they're mad, they're yelling and screaming. Well, what will stop that quicker than anything? I'll tell you what stops it saying yes. Mm -hmm. My transmission's out. Okay, let's fix it. Pull it around back. Let, let me just send a record. Let me put a new transmission in it. What else? Yeah. Yeah. And so once you do that a few times saying yes, and that's how you, the reinsurance and all of those things come into play uh, and, and making sure that you, we are still doing the same things. I urge every owner. I recently, you know, last year we went through a, a, a terrible time with some theft internally. So I had to go downstairs and, and go back into the, into the grinds, so to speak. But once I did that, well, that reminded me of some things that needed to be done and we as owners need to get back in that grind and make sure that we're doing the stuff for our customers and helping educate them i like that tyler is the one going down there oh, i don't get to talk to them as much as i want to so i try to get my my sales staff to make sure that they're talking to them in the proper way sure. listen to phone calls listen to all of those things make sure that your staff is doing what you want to do to make sure that it is that message is helping versus hurting that's going to re, that's going to return customers to you that's going to help them get to the end to the finish line and that's just what we do well you you mentioned finish line and i you know i realize among the words we've heard already here today is is the word caring like we just we, we got to just care i mean if, we, if we're dealers and i always say you know michelle and i in our work we can't make a dealer start caring. I mean, that's up to them to decide if they care about the success of their consumer or not. That's another word we've heard is success is like, you know, and, and, and I think Russell, when you talk about reinsurance, that's in a category about what I would call support. It's like, do we have support solutions for the consumer after they buy in the interest of their success? And uh, so I got a couple of questions for you and we could just uh, show of hands from all three of you on a couple of questions. One would be, if if your business performed well enough um, or you could predict that your business would perform well enough that you could have lower charge offs and lower delinquency, would you charge a lower interest rate? Just show of hands. Would you charge a lower interest rate as a business? OK, so what we know is that sometimes we as dealers have to charge that higher rate because it's the nature of our business model. We have to guard against risk. And so that's part of it. Um, the other thing I would just be interested in knowing is, you know, do you do you want your customer to be successful, pay off and and, uh, and buy another car? Yes or no? I mean, is that something we do? You know, it's a, it's a silly question, 
but it's like that we 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 know dealers who don't feel that way right we we know dealers who you know look for that whole churn model yeah. and so i think this is part of where it reflects on all of us on the screen as dealers right Jim, i will add in there Amanda said something earlier about one of her dealers that was been in business for 10 years he his goal was to sell the car six times that is a predatory lender sure there yes. is no hands down that is not what we do now do i have some cars out here that may have been repoed five or six times i absolutely do right. that was not my intention when they sold it most of the time it's either uh voluntary or some other <clears throat> but I didn't choose those reasons to go get it at yeah. that point. So, so yeah. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me come back. I have a, a question for each of you. I'll start with you, Russell. Um, like just anecdotally, just based on your observations of time in the business, we know that there are folks who fall into a tough credit situation because they, maybe they are plenty literate financially, but they had some really difficult circumstances, right? That put them in a bad place and it impacted their credit. And so they're in your dealership as a customer. But then there's the customer who is financially illiterate. They don't, they don't understand how to manage money. This is the same customer that I see, you know, in, in years of working with social media, you'll have a customer, you know, pop on and ask the question, can you get me in a car for $300 a month? And just by the nature of the question, you realize they don't really begin to understand what all I have to know in order to be able to answer that question. And so that's an example. So I'm wondering from you, Russell, just a percentage. What what percentage do you feel like of the customers that you come in contact with your, with your business are in that group? But they just really don't understand the financial. That's part of why they struggle is because they really just don't understand the financial elements. It's, it's more than I know of. I would say at least half of them fall into that, that category, but I don't, I, I wish I had the data to back up that up. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, my wife's father, he used to volunteer at a thing called angel tree. I think it was the name of it here in town, uh, which helped young, young people about finances. He, he taught them about investing. He taught them about how to balance their checkbook. He taught them everything that they needed to succeed financially going forward because nobody has ever taught them that. Right. How to go buy a car. How did they, he taught them all of those things? It was a, a whole group of them. And I've often thought, and, and, and now that I'm saying it out loud, I probably need to reach out to those folks and see if I can help them in some way, not to sell them a car, but to help the, the students. I, I, I enjoy teaching that part of it and, and seeing if we can help help students and, and people to grow. So yeah, and more data with, with the percentage, but I- No, I'm just looking for your perception just in your own travels. So Tyler, I'll ask you the same thing. And one thing I also didn't mention is that's a word I've heard multiple times here is help. Like we're just looking to help. We're looking to give some help to a neighbor and, uh, and, and we're in a position to do that as dealers. And so I think this is one of the things that we like to showcase with why at Wednesday is, you know, there are folks out there who, truly want to help and truly have an interest in the success of the consumer. We just don't talk about it enough. So Tyler, what's your perception? How many of those folks that you come in contact with, would you say might fall into that category of, you know, they just don't really understand the finances? Uh, loads of them, a lot of them. Okay. And, it, and it can be as small as net pay versus gross pay. Um, not understanding whenever I ask them, what's your net income? And they just give me a blank stare. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, how much do you put into your bank account or what, how much is the check cashed every week? You know, what is that amount? Cause that's after the taxes. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's a large majority of them and uh, it can be something as small as, as net income and gross income, or it can be something as large as uh, just economics. Yeah. And they don't understand that, uh, you know, the car that their aunt or a mother bought 15 years ago and was paying two fifty a month for, is now a four hundred dollar payment, even though it's could be related to the same car. Sure. Uh, just you know, it it's very widespread. But I, I would say that my one of my favorite things to do is with younger generations uh, out of high school, getting their first job, um, understanding the importance of having a bank account, going and depositing uh, your check, and not just going to the check cashing place and cashing it. Um, you know, it's a lot easier to blow through money whenever it's burning a hole in your pocket than if it's just in a bank account. Uh, yeah. It's easier to manage. 
um, and and you know you have the ability of setting money aside, putting it into your savings account uh, to make it harder for you to spend it. Um, sure. So it's it's a large gap, and you know out here in, in West Texas, it's we have customers that'll drive an hour, hour and a half uh, to our dealership. Um, so we try to educate them as much as possible before they make that drive so that they're not coming in. And then we realize, oh, wait, you've been talking about gross income this whole time. We've been talking about net income, you know, and they not understand the difference and it makes them mad. And they, yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely, yeah. So it's definitely challenging. And Candace, I want to get your answer on the same thing. And I think before we do, I want to uh, kind of address this idea that, you know, we, we just see so many consumers in this segment that, um, you know, struggle to understand this stuff, but we obviously at the time the customer's buying is a difficult time to be taking them through all that education, right? In the process of helping them buy, we can do it, but it's a slow process. It would be better, obviously, if we could find ways to, to help them get educated before they found themselves in that situation. So Candace, what's been your observation? Like what percentage would you put on the folks that kind of fall into that place where they just need some help with financial education? Well, because we are a high risk store, we get a mixture of customers, so I wouldn't have an exact percentage, but of my customers that are coming in, particularly asking for buy here, pay here, just mm -hmm. immediately, that kind of lets you know, and that's a, a large majority of our customers. And there's some context clues, right? Tyler spoke about them. And you did also, Jim, if they just want to know, well, what's my monthly payment going to be? Or what's my bi-weekly payment going to be? Sure. They have no idea how the interest rate is affecting them. They have no idea that over the phone, I cannot tell you because it depends on your term. It depends on your down payment. There's so many other determining factors, you know, for this, unless you're the dealer that just has everything, you know, straight and set down the line of a certain same term for everyone. Sure. But for us, you know, it varies depending on even your employment. Right. You know, in your employment history and how much you are bringing in, Tyler, gross versus net. Another context clue is, do they have a bank account? You know, many of our customers are using something that is called Chime or something similar to that. And that may be the only thing that they have. Um, are we offering them differences when they are looking to pay with a credit card and we're talking through this 3% or whatever your convenience fee may be? Or are we saying, well, we also do have cash apps that so you can save that 3%. It may seem small, but it makes a difference over time. So for us, if we don't get a charge, we don't charge. That's just kind of how it is. But if we receive a charge, which is, you know, like the convenience fee through the credit cards, then we do pass that along, but we provide an option, you know, right. as well. I think that um, one thing I did want to share, because Tyler kind of mentioned having some options or opportunities, which are resources in which to share, because as dealers know, we can't do everything. We can do something. We can't do everything. And like Jim said, while we're walking through the contract may not be the best opportunity to talk through everything in economics, right? It wouldn't be possible, but there's little things such as do they know what an asset is versus a liability and what are they purchasing from us? Mm -hmm. What do we sell and right. what does that mean? You know, so what is our responsibility? Because we each know what we sell in this category. Sure. Well, and so there's, we have, mm -hmm. oh, I was going to say there's, there's communication in advance of the purchase and there's communication at the time of the signing of the contract. And then we also need to be able to communicate well during the, the account period, the time that the customer is making payments, because, you know, now that's a four year contract in a lot of cases and buyer buyer. So we got, we just know that, you know, it's one thing to educate folks on the, the actual financial structure of a, financing a car. It's another thing to help them understand how to manage their account and how to communicate and how to, you know, work with a, a lender, you know, or buy here, pay your dealer in this case. So those are all parts of what, and we feel like, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of opportunity for, for us. I mean, these conversations are a good start. I just see that there's a tremendous opportunity. And I, I know Michelle and I talk about it, like there's what we're, the problem that we're facing here is mostly solvable. I mean, you're, you're always going to have a segment of the population that's going to be irresponsible and you're not probably going to solve a lot of that. But what, what we hear is that, you know, if, if the education is coming from the parents and the parents never got that education themselves, then obviously we're not we're not solving the thing generally generationally. And so we just recognize that there's there's an opportunity to get out there and and educate folks, make resources available. And uh, and obviously, as dealers, you know, the folks that you see on the screen here today are are doing what they can to make information available and help the customer to be successful. And, and of course, Michelle and I are over here on the sidelines trying to do the same thing. We just we see that customer success 
is absolutely possible you know with with good structure good communication the customer can can get out of the arrangement what they're looking for as can the dealer we just know that it takes a lot of communication um anything else michelle before we wrap up i can tell exactly, we can talk about that that's exactly long. right jim i did want to share a couple resources um before we get off so for tyler tyler just so you guys know m russell my connection to texas um i did move here from houston but i was actually born in lubbock so you're out there in my original neck of the woods tyler being in west texas yeah. So a couple of resources that I want to share that we use that are national that you guys can share with your customers as well. I mentioned it on one last show, Operation Hope. They're a national organization. When I talk about them in this context, I speak to them in being able to help your customer and restore or rebuild their credit. They work with them on their credit journey absolutely free, but they also help with home ownership. They help with starting a business. They help with so many things. Um, so you guys may want to write them down just to be able to share with your customer. Then there's also NACA, N-A-C-A. Um, which if I'm not mistaken, may have actually started in Texas. NACA is specifically um, driven by home ownership. And so that's for customers that may currently be, you know, in a poor credit rating, may not be making much money. They walk them through that. They even help with down payment assistance, and then they stay with them throughout the life of their loan. So NACA is a great organization. When we talk about opportunities that we have personally as a dealer, because we cannot take the time with every single customer to walk them through everything they need, can you partner with your local high school? And in that scenario, it may be that you go and you're talking with them once a semester, maybe even monthly if your time would allow for that, or maybe you have a dealer you can send out to. Can you partner with the school board? So one thing in Omaha that we've done through Omaha Public Schools is they will actually have me out to get to talk with the parents um, and the students of fifth through eighth grade just before going to high school. And it's under their College of Careers Pathway Program. So I get to talk to them about automotive but I also get to share other facts, uh, other facts about what we do as business owners, what we do as dealers, and it's promotion for our company, right? Sometimes we think we're spending time or losing money by not being at the dealership, but look how many more people we were just put in front of simply by doing good and doing the right thing and helping. And so right now what we're working on with our state and with a couple philanthropic organizations is to find a way to do two things help with the vehicle maintenance, like Russell mentioned, and educate. So we're saying, can you guys help fund a program that will pay for oil changes for three years for my customers if they will attend X amount of financial literacy classes that we will partner and help to teach? So if they get the financial literacy, then they're not going to have to worry about their oil changes. So at least that part of their maintenance is yeah. taken care of, saves them money, and helps them build money, you know, of course, and wealth in the long term by learning. Love it. Yeah. So what you see in Candace and the others on the screen, these are folks that are walking the talk. They're out there doing, you know, what can be done to help, uh, you know, support the customers. And I would say, you know, Candace um, is wearing the shirt that, uh, you know, assets over liabilities, which we love. And I would just say that all the dealers that you see on the screen, they're, they're what Michelle and I call assets to their communities as buy here, pay your dealers. They're absolutely an asset to their community. That's important service that they provide in their community. And they're, they're doing it from a place of heart. They want the customer to be successful. And so I think that's something that we just need to spend plenty of time talking about and make sure that, you know, across the country, folks know that that's, that's out there. That's a solution that there are dealers who are, are interested in, in the success of the customer. And so I can't let everybody go though, before we, Michelle and I are doing on Friday, we're doing a Friday night lights episode. We're going to talk about how, football ties to buy here pay every once in a while when we get talking about some of the things that we're we're working on or we're we're mapping is that he starts stepping into this coach mode and and it's <laughs> it's really really fun and so we've we've been enjoying uh, Friday Night Lights. Um, I don't know if y'all have, have watched it before. It's no longer, I don't think, on television. Netflix, and it's just there's a lot of really good um, good uh, life lessons and things that we can take with us. Um, just even in our industry. Before I let y'all go, I just um, uh, you know I, as Jim said, caring, success, support, help. I was waiting for the word communication to come in. And so Jim, uh, Jim's the one that brought that in because part of what is, um, is a, a friction point or a challenge that we can really work to get over is this communication part after they're in the loan. And, and that it, there's, there, 
so many of our customers are not aware of really, you know, the, all the stuff that happens on a day you buy a car. You think about your experience on the day that you bought a car, your experience the day when you bought a house, and 95% of it is like gone. All you remember is you have a payment and when your payment is due and then you've got to go through and remind yourself about a lot of these other pieces. So communication after the signing of the documents is really important that we, we take an opportunity through, through social, through text messages, through emails, through phone calls to just remind them in just like, hey, just wanted to remind you, don't forget we have this thing and we do this stuff and this is when the thing is because that's going to really help them to to know that um, remember those things, but also just being out there and being a face and and uh, being in front of them through those different mediums are going to really help them remember that they can call you. It's like, oh, this is a person and not just a bill collector, you know, yeah. the, like the utility bill person. The only time I see someone from the utility bill is when they're turning the utilities back on because I forgot to pay. Yeah. Um, I think that's an important thing to show like the, the, what we see is that we, we know that customers, especially when they're not really informed about these processes, when, when the customer falls behind, what happens if they don't know you as a, as a creditor mm -hmm. dealer, then they're going to get scared. It's just a natural thing that they kind of become, become fearful of what's going to be the outcome if they can't catch up that payment. And so it's natural that they become afraid. And so I think sometimes our job as dealer creditors is to, Make them aware that, you know, this, it's, uh, it's a good idea to communicate. We can solve a problem and we just know what the problem is. But before we wrap up, Michelle, I was actually trying to ask our, our, our panelists, starting with you, Russell, <clears throat> on Saturday, what team will you be cheering for? Like, who's, who's your football team? <laughs> well, uh, I, I grew up Friday Night Lights, so – I, uh, I I played in Dallas, uh, Texas Stadium on on, uh, on on got our butts kicked by Dallas Carter and, um, and so I grew up on the gridiron and so I know there's a lot of life le lessons learned between the white lines so yeah. there's a there's a lot of, of of that similarities to doing the right thing on the field and doing the right thing in in business as well so there's a lot of life lesson lessons there. But I'm going to be rooting for the Texans. We're 0 and 2, uh, and that's 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 my team, and I'm, I'm going to stick with them. And uh, it's it's a horrible thing, but I'm, I'm still with them. <laughs> and what about Saturday? You got a college team? Oh, Prime man, I got to go with Coach Prime. Uh, okay. He's all over. He's all over the news. I love him. I love his energy. I love his everything about him. Uh, it's so fun. Point, he's been successful in everything that he has done. Uh, so I'm, I'm 100% behind him. So yeah. that's my there's, team. That's so interesting. There, there's some life lessons in following, you know, coach prime. He's uh, obviously a, a person of integrity and, and a really interesting story. Tyler, your football team on Saturday. I'm a red Raider fan. Uh, okay. There yeah, you go. No, no longhorns around here. That's uh, <laughs> for those who aren't familiar. That's Texas tech in, uh, West Texas. Uh, Candace mentioned Lubbock earlier. What about you, Candace? So probably Oklahoma Sooners. Anybody else? You would think since I went to school there it would make the most sense, but I have quickly become a Colorado fan also as Russell right. following Coach Prime. But I don't think I'd be allowed to stay in the state if I don't say go Big Red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Understood. So what about you, Michelle? Favorite football team? <laughs> I know it was like, I don't know. If it, okay, so I root for whatever team is the underdog in whatever game I'm watching. That's it's just I and I, I love college ball more than I love pro ball. Um, they seem to have a lot more energy and heart in what it is that they're doing. So I really, really enjoy that. But I I'm not I I, I root for whatever team Jim's rooting for. So More she'll be underdog. she'll also be rooting for the underdog because my team is Oklahoma State. They'll be the underdog a lot this year. So uh, so we'll see what happens. But yeah. but yeah. So anyway, we should let folks go. We ran way long. It's an important conversation. Yeah, thank you we appreciate so much. Thank yeah, you we so appreciate you making time to talk about this. And uh, like I say, there'll be many more such conversations. We're out there trying to find solutions and help uh, dealers and consumers be more successful in, in these uh, business arrangements. And we appreciate you folks making time to talk about it today. Thanks for the invite. All right. Thank see you now. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us.
You're welcome. I'm going to put you backstage. If you want to stick around, we'll have a little chat after we're done. If, uh, if you have a moment, cause I know it's been a long time. So I'm going to go ahead and put y'all one by one. Cause my computer is like Uber slow today from mm. this end. Um, all righty. Good conversation. And I, um, I, I really, I'm, I'm, Tim and I are trying to lead a charge that we get to, we get a really beautiful opportunity to be even better to our customers yeah. and it be even better. And it's like, and, and it's, you know, everyone has room for improvement. And I think that a lot of dealers in this industry, we always have room for improvement and we have room to improve our, our relationship with our customers and improve our, our customers experience, whether that be, you know, you've got ongoing education, whether that be they take a financial literacy course, they pass, they get a break of some kind, whether it be they make their payments on time for so long and then they, they get some kind of reward for that. But that there's something that we, um, there's got to be things that we can do to be better and to be able to help encourage them. Because one thing to remember with everybody, a carrot does a lot better than a stick. Yeah. And so if we can, if we can teach through carrots, if we can teach through, through compassion and we can teach through really effective communication, that is going to help not just during your course of your loan, but that's going to help our customers in the long run. They're going to, they're going to take away little nuggets that will help them in future purchases and future, future purchases of liabilities. Right. Yeah. This. yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, just great conversation Appreciate yeah it. for sure yeah we can wrap it up there just remind everybody we'll be uh we'll be covering uh uh some some football conversation on uh, friday and there yeah. will be uh there will be a tie-in to our industry of buy here pay here of course so uh, join us yeah. then and uh we'll see you on friday all right have a great day everybody thanks so much for joining we appreciate it